0: Chapters 1 through 10 of Who is the Rich Man That Shall Be Saved? This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Who is the Rich Man That Shall Be Saved? by St. Clement of Alexandria, translated by William Fletcher. Those who bestow laudatory addresses on the rich appear to me to be rightly judged not only flatterers and base, in vehemently pretending that things which are disagreeable give them pleasure but also godless and treacherous godless because neglecting to praise and glorify god who is alone perfect and good of whom are all things and by whom are all things and for whom are all things romans eleven thirty five they invest with divine honors men wallowing in an execrable and abominable life And what is the principal thing liable on this account to the judgment of God and treacherous because although wealth is of itself sufficient to puff up and corrupt the souls of its possessors and to turn them from the path by which salvation is to be attained, they stupefy them still more by inflating the minds of the rich with the pleasures of extravagant praises and by making them utterly despise all things except wealth on account of which they are admired, bringing, as the saying is, fire to fire, pouring pride on pride, and adding conceit to wealth, a heavier burden to that which by nature is a weight, from which somewhat ought rather to be removed and taken away as being a dangerous and deadly disease. For to him who exalts and magnifies himself, the change and downfall to a low condition succeeds in turn, as the divine word teaches. For it appears to me to be far kinder than basely to flatter the rich and praise them for what is bad, to aid them in working out their salvation in every possible way, asking this of God, who surely and sweetly bestows such things on his own children, and thus by the grace of the Savior healing their souls, enlightening them, and leading them to the attainment of the truth, And whosoever obtains this and distinguishes himself in good works shall gain the prize of everlasting life. Now prayer that runs its course till the last day of life needs a strong and tranquil soul, and the conduct of life needs a good and righteous disposition, reaching out towards all the commandments of the Savior. Perhaps the reason of salvation appearing more difficult to the rich than to the poor is not single but manifold, for some merely hearing, and that, in an off-handed way, the utterance of the Savior, that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 19.24 Despair of themselves, as not destined to live. Surrender all to the world. Cling to the present life, as if it alone was left to them and so diverge more from the way to the life to come, no longer inquiring either whom the Lord and Master calls rich, or how that which is impossible to man becomes possible to God. But others rightly and adequately comprehend this, but attaching slight importance to the works which tend to salvation, do not make the requisite preparation for attaining to the objects of their hope and I affirm both of these things, of the rich men who have learned both the Saviour's power and his glorious salvation. With those who are ignorant of the truth I have little concern. Those, then, who are actuated by a love of the truth and love of their brethren, and neither are rudely insolent towards such rich as are called, nor, on the other hand, cringe to them for their own avaricious ends, must first by the word relieve them of their groundless despair, and show, with the requisite explanation of the oracles of the Lord, that the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven is not quite cut off from them if they obey the commandments. Then admonish them that they entertain a causeless fear, and that the Lord gladly receives them, provided they are willing, and then, in addition, exhibits and teach how and by what deeds and dispositions they shall win the objects of hope, inasmuch as it is neither out of their reach, nor on the other hand attained without effort. But, as is the case with athletes, to compare things small and perishing with things great and immortal, let the man who is endowed with worldly wealth reckon that this depends on himself. For among those, one man, because he despaired of being able to conquer and gain crowns, did not give in his name for the contest, while another whose mind was inspired with this hope and yet did not submit to the appropriate labors and diet and exercises remained uncrowed and was balked in his expectations. So also let not the man that has been invested with worldly wealth proclaim himself excluded at the outset from the Saviour's lists, provided he is a believer and one who contemplates the greatness of God's philanthropy. Nor let him, on the other hand, expect to grasp the crowns of immortality without struggle and effort, continuing untrained and without contest. But let him go and put himself under the word of his trainer, and Christ the president of the contest, and for his prescribed food and drink let him have the new testament of the Lord, and for exercises the commandments, and for elegance and ornaments the fair dispositions love faith hope knowledge of the truth gentleness meekness pity gravity so that when by the last trumpet the signal shall be given for the race and departure thence as from the stadium of life he may with a good conscience present himself victorious before the judge who confers the rewards confessedly worthy of the fatherland on high to which he returns with crowns and acclamations of angels. May the Savior then grant us that having begun the subject from this point, we may contribute to the brethren what is true and suitable in saving, first touching the hope itself and second touching the access to the hope. He indeed grants to those who beg and teaches those who ask and dissipates ignorance and dispels despair by introducing again the same words about the rich, which become their own interpreters and infallible expounders. For there is nothing like listening again to the very same statements, which till now in the Gospels were distressing you, hearing them as you did without examination, and erroneously through puerility, and going forth into the way, one approached and kneeled, saying, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit everlasting life? And Jesus saith, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answering saith to him, All these have I observed. And Jesus, looking upon him, loved him, and said, One thing thou lackest, if thou wouldest be perfect, sell what thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he was rich, having great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, and saith to his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words but jesus answereth again and saith unto them children how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of god more easily shall a camel enter through the eye of the needle than a rich man into the kingdom of god and they were astonished out of measure and said who then can be saved and he looking upon them said what is impossible with men is possible with god for with god all things are possible Peter began to say to him, Lo, we have left all and followed you. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall leave what is his own, parents and brethren and possessions, for my sake and the gospel's, shall receive an hundredfold now in this world, lands and possessions and house and brethren, with persecutions. And in the world to come is life everlasting but many that are first shall be last, and the last first. These things are written in the Gospel, according to Mark, and in all the rest correspondingly, although perchance the expressions vary slightly in each, yet all show identical agreement and meaning. But well knowing that the Savior teaches nothing in a merely human way, but teaches all things to his own with divine and mystic wisdom, we must not listen to his utterances carnally, but with due investigation and intelligence must search out and learn the meaning hidden in them. For even those things which seem to have been simplified to the disciples by the Lord himself are found to require not less, even more, attention than what is expressed enigmatically from the surpassing superabundance of wisdom in them. And whereas the things which are thought to have been explained by him to those within those called by him, the children of the kingdom, require still more consideration than the things which seem to have been expressed simply, and respecting which, therefore, no questions were asked by those who heard them, but which pertaining to the entire design of salvation, and to be contemplated with admirable and super-celestial depth of mind, we must not receive superficially with our ears but with application of the mind, to the very spirit of the Savior, and the unuttered meaning of the declaration. For our Lord and Savior was asked pleasantly a question most appropriate for him, the life respecting life, the Savior respecting salvation, the teacher respecting the chief doctrines taught, the truth respecting the true immortality, the word respecting the word of the Father, the perfect respecting the perfect rest, the immortal respecting the sure immortality. He was asked respecting those things on account of which he descended, which he inculcates, which he teaches, which he offers, in order to show the essence of the gospel, that it is the gift of eternal life. For he foresaw as God both what he would be asked and what each one would answer him for who should do this more than the prophet of the prophets and the lord of every prophetic spirit and having been called good and taking the starting note from this first expression he commences his teaching with this turning the pupil to god the good and first and only dispenser of eternal life which the son who received it of him gives to us wherefore The greatest and chiefest point of the instruction which relates to life must be implanted in the soul from the beginning, to know the eternal God, the giver of what is eternal, and by knowledge and comprehension to possess God, who is first and highest and one and good. For this is the immutable and immovable source and support of life, the knowledge of God who really is, and who bestows the things which really are, that is, those which are eternal from whom both being and the continuance of it are derived to other beings for ignorance of him is death but the knowledge and appropriation of him and love and likeness to him are the only life he then who would live the true life is enjoined first to know him whom no one knows except the Son reveal him matthew eleven seventeen Next is to be learned the greatness of the Savior after him, and the newness of grace. For according to the Apostle, the law was given by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, John one seventeen, And the gifts granted through a faithful servant are not equals to those bestowed by the true Son. If, then, the law of Moses had been sufficient to confer eternal life, It were to no purpose for the Savior himself to come and suffer for us, accomplishing the course of human life from his birth to the cross, and to no purpose for him who had done all the commandments of the law from his youth to fall on his knees and beg from another immortality. For he had not only fulfilled the law, but had begun to do so from his very earliest youth. For what is there great or preeminently illustrious in an old age which is unproductive of faults but if one in juvenile frocksomeness and the fire of youth shows a mature judgment older than his years this is a champion admirable and distinguished and hoary preeminently in mind but nevertheless this man being such is perfectly persuaded that nothing is wanting to him as far as respects righteousness but that he is entirely destitute of life. Wherefore, he asks it from him who alone is able to give it. And with reference to the law, he carries confidence. But the Son of God, he addresses in supplication. He is transferred from faith to faith as perilously tossing and occupying a dangerous anchorage in the law. He makes for the Savior to find a haven. Jesus accordingly does not charge him with not having fulfilled all things out of the law, but loves him, and fondly welcomes his obedience in what he had learned, but says that he is not perfect as respects eternal life, inasmuch as he had not fulfilled what is perfect, and that he is a doer indeed of the law, but idle at the true life. Those things indeed are good, who denies it? For the commandment is holy, romans 7 12 as far as a sort of training with fear and preparatory discipline goes leading as it did to the culmination of legislation and to grace galatians 3 24 but christ is the fulfillment of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth and not as a slave making slaves but sons and brethren and fellow heirs who perform the father's will if thou wilt be perfect, Matthew nineteen twenty one. Consequently, he was not yet perfect, for nothing is more perfect than what is perfect. And divinely the expression, if thou wilt, showed the self-determination of the soul holding converse with him. For choice depended on the man as being free, but the gift on God as the Lord. And he gives to those who are willing and are exceedingly earnest, and ask that so their salvation may become their own. For God compels not, for compulsion is repugnant to God, but supplies to those who seek, and bestows on those who ask, and opens to those who knock. If thou wilt then, if thou really willest, and art not deceiving thyself, acquire what thou lackest. One thing is lacking thee, the one thing which abides, the good, that which is now above the law, which the law gives not, which the law contains not, which is the prerogative of those who live. He forsooth, who had fulfilled all the demands of the law from his youth, and had gloried in what was magnificent, was not able to complete the whole with this one thing, which was specially required by the Savior, so as to receive the eternal life which he desired. But he departed displeased, vexed at the commandment of the life on account of which he supplicated for he did not truly wish life as he averred but aimed at the mere reputation of the good choice and he was capable of busying himself about many things but the one thing the work of life he was powerless and disinclined and unable to accomplish such also was what the lord said to martha who was occupied with many things and distracted and troubled with serving while she blamed her sister because leaving serving she set herself at his feet devoting her time to learning thou art troubled about many things but mary hath chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her luke 10 41 so also he bade him leave his busy life and cleave to one and adhere to the grace of him Who offered everlasting life. End of chapters one through ten.